Hello and welcome to Grace Lifestyle Bosch. We are a gospel-centered church family focused on reaching the unreached and making disciples. We pray this teaching will help you to grow in your relationship with Jesus and discover more of the reality of Christianity. I was so overwhelmed by that song in worship that how great is our God because I know there's so many things that I can apply that to. I don't know about you, but there's many, there's many testimonies, there's many dates, there's many gebeurtenisse, that's a big word, eh? um, that, that you know that God came through in that moment, in that time, and often it is in a different way. And that's when you know it's God usually. When you pray about something, you hear something, and it's something you would never come up with yourself. That's usually when I take like notes. I'm like, okay, let's highlight that thought or that word or that concept. Or if you think something happens obviously, and then there's sort of an interpretation of what is happening, and it's not the obvious interpretation. So with what I want sharing is that, um, Nadia, you can put the first picture up with the changing gears. So a few years ago, we were in America, uh, Shane, myself, and Kunrad, and a few others, and we, we were in a prayer session, and um, with, with a ministry, Rob Rufus was preaching at a conference, and we really felt very strongly the words, and even the picture of changing gears, okay? And it was prominent. And when I say changing gears, I believe for 90% of us, that's sort of the picture that, that comes up. And if you have that word as a prophecy, that's like, okay, we're going to go faster, we're going to go further, we're going we're gonna to go uphill, we're going to do more, it's changing gears. But what it was, wasn't that picture. What it was, was something more like the next picture, which was changing gears, where, where God was taking out gears and re organizing gears so that he could turn, if you will, a bigger dial and have more influence. You see, and then we know, okay, this is, this is something probably divine, supernatural. This is something we need to, to pray into. And that was really the beginning of what I believe is where the ministry is today, where we were changing gears and, and Shane and Marna like stepped out of leadership in Stellenbosch and they went into a different position and they're overseeing. And currently we're having a much more influence because we heeded to the word of changing gears. Okay, so that's, that's awesome. And I want to show you just a little bit of how, how we make decisions even in church. Because I believe it is so key that we do it with God. Amen. And um, I wanted to ask Noah to, uh, to come share with us. But I won't do it because uh, just of the size of his eyes already. But Noah had an awesome opportunity this week to live out what we've taught him. And what he's done is he's just overflowing. Noah was overflowing where he lives, and on Friday morning he shared it at Manakayer, and it was awesome just to sit there and to, all of us were like, we were so drawn into the story because it's our story. And he was being a blessing to his, I think it's his landlord, a lady who was there where he lives, and her son had an issue that he did not apply for a university. He was matric last year, and he got really good marks. So now he got such good marks, and now he didn't apply for university. So the mom was a bit distraught and worried because what's he going to do with his life now? And what, what Noah did is he started ministering. He shared the word. He said, I shared the word that I know. You don't need more than that. You share the word you know. And then he felt the prompting to pray for her. And what he did is he said, sorry, can we just pray? And he prayed. And he had no plan on doing what he was about to do. But I'm sharing your story now. I hope if uh, I have permission. <laughs> it's too late now. <laughs> you, you either ask permission or you say sorry later. And, um, but this for me was just such a blessing, and it, it, it's, it's the show the concept, it's not to highlight the person, okay? But we can all do this. So in prayer, Noah felt like, where is the sun? 
and he thought he would be in the Eastern Cape. And he asked the mother, and the mother said, no, he's in, he's, he's in town. And he said, can I contact him? And he contacted the son, and the son said, well, I'm around, can I meet you in town? No, I didn't know what he was about to do, and he said, yes, and he went to town. And he, he, he ministered to the guy, and he shared the word, and he shared the gospel. And he said, he asked him, do you pray? And the son said, well, not so much. He says, do you mind if we pray now? Now remember, this is a life issue. This is a big problem. Like, he's got great marks. He doesn't know what he's going to do this year. And he didn't apply. Now, I don't know, it was a long time ago, but when I applied, you had to apply in grade 11 to be considered two years later. Okay, just for, for everyone. And the admin tannies is nogal they have a lot of people, a lot of feet, a lot of stories, a lot of crying. Mommy's probably coming through. And what he did is the, they prayed. And what Noah said, well, he felt they're like, let's go to, to the different faculties. And they went to the first faculty and they said, hey, we didn't apply, but can you help us? And at first they said no, because, I mean, obviously they said no. But he was a little bit persistent because he was led by God. And because he was led by God, he didn't just say, okay, thank you, and left. And he said, are you sure? Like, do you want to see his marks? And when they saw the marks, they were like, okay, we'll get back to you. And he was on the first waiting list. And he said, well, let's not stop there. What, do you else want, what else do you want to do? What do you dream of? He said, no, well, I've got an art portfolio. So they went to the art building. And he said, sorry, ma'am, um, I know it's too late to apply, but my friend here, like, uh, wants to apply. And they said, no ways. And he said, well... Have you seen what he can do? I mean, they don't, they don't bother. They want to see that in grade 11. Eventually, there's an open door. He's on two waiting lists to go to university this year. And I said to Noah, if you knew that was how your day would end, you would never go for it, would you? And he said, no. But because he followed every prompting just the next step, it ended up being a miraculous testimony of how God had intervened even in a, 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 a normal... I mean, it's not, it's not kingdom to go to university. But you can take the kingdom to university. And what's awesome is, is how we then together as a church are able to connect and belong, and then when we connect and belong, Jesus send them out two by two. And I think that's so important for us to, to know and to remember is when we're together, there's, there's strength and unity. I think we said it last week as well. Ecclesiastes says two is better than one. And then, even if you just know that we're cheering you on, and you have a place to come and say, hey, pray for me, or share your testimony, or anything like that, it creates what we call camaraderie, brotherhood, family. And that's really why we want to, to have like something like Connect and Belong, because we want all of you, all of us, I'm including myself, to live like that. To take it step by step, to know that God is in this with us, to know that God is leading us along the way, and how that looks, and how we make decisions, even though it is contrary to human wisdom. Because you know the decisions that we make is very often contrary to human wisdom, and uh, people will say, are you stupid? He says, no, I'm Christian. <laughs> okay? My mom talks about the Peter way, because she knows that's the unconventional way. She's, she's, she's learned over time that we're not going to do things normal. Okay? So one way to get your parents to pray is to pray for you. Amen? So take a step of faith. <laughs> so what we're doing is, we had another word come up in prayer recently, and the word was moving forward. And again, the next picture, number three there, 
This is probably what we think, or something like that is moving forward, moving on, going forward, moving into, into something that is, that is next. What is our next step, our next level? But that's not what we, what we felt. Like, you know these sliding puzzles? If you can put the next picture up, please. There's a lot of moving, but it's not going anywhere. Like, it's becoming more clear what the picture is. So we are moving, and we're moving forward, but we're not really going anywhere. And again, that was for me in prayer, that was a little different because we think moving forward, okay, let's go for it. And God said, no, no, no. You need to move, but stay where you are so I can make the picture clearer. And I mean, if you were here last week with Vision Sunday, I think the picture now is much clearer and much more defined and packaged and, and, and it's not redone. It's not something new. No one would get up and run away and say, no, it's just more clear. So there's a lot of movement, and I wanted to, to, to share with you, I think in life, we are often distracted by our perception or our immediate thought about what God says to us. If God says change gears, we think we need to go faster. God didn't say go faster, He said change gears. If God says move forward, He didn't say go somewhere, He said move to go forward, to make something more clear. And for all of us, I think then the problem is, what do we do in the now in preparing for the next? And I mean, it's the last Sunday of, of January, so it's the last time we can probably preach about what this year is going to look like, so I'm going to make the most of it. And I want you to know that, that God is in the now, but He's also obviously in the tomorrow. Now think about this. I was thinking, Lord, who is great examples in the Bible who live like that. Now, one of the, 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 the more famous teachings is about Moses and what is in your hand. And he asked God, what must I do? And God said, what's in your hand? And he said, a staff. And he said, okay, we'll use the staff. So you can ask yourself, what is it that God has for you? But then we're not sure how we're going to get there. What is in our hand? What do you have right now? When Noah was speaking to that mother, he had the word. He had some scriptures. He had some discipleship that he could bring. And he gave that which he had. And God, like a little boy with, what's it, five fishes, or two fishes and five loaves, God can do a lot with a little if we give him what we have. What is in your hand? And well, the disciples didn't realize that the little was enough. And for all of us, I think that is where we step into faith. Now, we, when you see it work out, then you say, praise God, hallelujah, I heard God. Amen. But the 99% of walking up to the mountain before you see the mountain move, that's the difficult part. And then we're not so sure. Someone said to me once, a famous minister, he says, you're only really about 80% sure that you've heard God until it works out. And then you claim it. Like, I heard God and it worked out. Amen. We all do that. But how, how do you become sure is in the relationship and I think if we can do one thing this year, it is to get to know the voice of God. Get to know the voice of God. Because if we know the voice of God, we're going to live supernatural. If we get to know the voice of God, we're going to see the power manifest. If we get to know the voice of God, we're going to move forward healthily together as a body. If we get to know the voice of God, we're probably going to plant new churches, reach into new areas and start new life groups. But that's not what we're aiming to do. We're aiming to do that by hearing from God. And I think that's so important. I ask God, God, who else in the Bible is an example of someone who was really faithful in the now that set them up for something spectacular? Mary came to mind. Mary did not know the extent of what was to be birthed from her. But she said something very, very pertinent. She said, 
according to your word, let it be done unto me. According to your word. What? I heard the word of God and she submitted to the word of God and she said, I'll be your servant in this. I don't know how it's going to work out. But I am submitting to your word. I'm submitting to the word of God. That means we need to hear the voice of God. We need to learn the word of God. We need to know the word of God in the word of God. Amen. In the, what we call the Bible. But John 1 says, in the beginning was the word. So it means we need to know the person of Christ. And we need to submit to that. We need to submit to that leading. And then the one that really came to mind for me was Noah. Think about Noah for a moment. Noah is, is moving around just having a good life. Amen. And then Noah hears the voice of God. And God says, I want you to do something now that is going to look stupid. I want you to prepare something now, to build something now, to give up your life for something now that you don't even know what rain is. By that time, it's never rained. And the people ridiculed him. But just think, if Noah did not hear or listen to or heed to the voice of God. So Noah's busy with something for years and years, and it must be very hard work, it must be very frustrating, because he's preparing for something he doesn't know what it is, really. But just think if Noah never built the ark. If Noah never built the ark. That doesn't make God good or bad. You see, the ark was there with an open door policy. I read somewhere the other day that someone said, like, you need to fight for something like the third monkey on the way to Noah's ark. Amen. <laughs> so, there was two by two. There was more of some of the other animals. So, so again, the children's Bible might mislead us. It's not all, all the animals weren't two by two. There were more. So, if you're interested, go read it. But there was eight people. And that's a travesty. Only eight. And then in the New Testament, I believe it's Hebrews, we read and it says, Noah was a preacher of righteousness. So what was he preaching? He was not preaching damnation. He was preaching the way out. He was preaching the ark. He was preaching the protection of God. He was preaching, come, there is a covenant. There's a way out. There's protection. I'm building it. Come and help me. Just think if Noah had some help. Do you think if 80 people wanted to get on the ark, God would say, okay, let's wait and build ten, nine more? I think so. Because that's the God we serve. We need to be convinced of His goodness. And then the Word says, God didn't condemn the earth. Noah did. Why did Noah condemn the earth? Because he built the ark. And he said, okay, now that there is a way out, now you decide. And that's really such a theme in the Word. is blessing and curses, life and death I'm putting in front of you. You choose. And what they did is they ridiculed Noah and then they died. So what is there currently, the, the, the things that God has birthed, God dreams, that you may be frustrated because you're not seeing the manifestation yet. And what we do is often is we give up. And we, or or we, we stop preparing. And that's why ministry school is such an important thing. I never knew I'd be a pastor, but I enrolled into ministry school in 2013. If I didn't, I shared this last week, I probably would not have been the pastor. Even though that wasn't the motivation. But what I had is a word from God to do the next thing. Enos, can you maybe put the aircon up or down a little warmer? I think people are getting uncomfortable. I'm the only one moving, so if I'm fine, then I know you're not. <laughs> okay, so what is it that is in your current season 
that you are that you're struggling with. So I want to give you some some tips. And the one is make very sure that you've heard from God. Because you can be very busy with the wrong things. And you can be very distracted and you can be busy with good things which is not necessarily God things. Okay? Also, if you know that you've heard from God, I want you to, to be so faithful with that. I want you to double down if you can. I want you to, to dig in. If, 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 if you have a heart or a dream, or you're just not sure, like, just come. Just come join the church. Just come be part. Be faithful where you are. And I had these words uh, come up, and it says, um, where do we, we find it now? So it's basically just being, doing what you can, where you are with what you have. And that's really the beginning of, of success in the kingdom, in life, being faithful, doing what you can, where you are with what you have. And I mean, there's so many examples in the Bible. We can spend a week here speaking about um, all the different heroes of faith. Moses, what's in your hand? Gideon says, I can't. God says, just, just take the next step. Just take the next step. Nehemiah, like there's so many. The disciples did not know what they said yes to. But Jesus said, follow me. Follow me. And then as they grow in that relationship, very interestingly, I've been going through the, the, the letters of Peter, and he says in Second Peter, he says that he's about to lay down the tabernacle, meaning he's about to die. And he says then, as the Lord had shown me, and what we think is we think God showed him there that he's about to die soon. More like Paul said, I'm, the Holy Spirit has shown me that. And even then the prophecies, I mean, you must be careful with prophecy. I love prophesying, but the prophecies were to, to Paul that you're going to die. And he said, yes, I know, that's where I'm going. So they said, no, 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 don't go and die. He said, well, the Holy Spirit has shown me I'm going to Rome to die, so I'm going. So we mustn't let prophecy distract us or redirect us if we know that we've heard from God. Prophecy should always be confirming, it should be in love, and it should be edifying and building up a godly dream, not a selfish dream. Okay? So that's just a, a point, and we'll probably speak about prophecy and, the, and, and hearing from God. But what we need to do is to know how to move forward without going anywhere. You know what? That's why I say it's a bit of an oxymoron. It's a bit of a a dichotomy. It's like we wanted to go somewhere, but we need to move. We're not be stagnant, but we're not necessarily going anywhere. So that when the opportunity comes, then you're ready. And that really, I believe, is such a godly principle. It's such a godly character. And I believe that's even why we as a church have been existing now for 13 years or more, because we're just taking it step by step by step by step. And we've had great prophecies, and we've got great people, and we've had great relationships, but whenever God says do something, we really try and do it. End of last year, God said go to Albania. I mean, church, the, the finances has been down now for more than a year. We haven't been really in a healthy spot. We, we, we're making it month by month, praise God. We still have venues, we still have pastors, we're doing what we can. And November, I don't know if you know, is one of the busiest months of the year. Not just in church, but in life. At business, it's year-end functions, and we need to fix this now, finish this now. We could have gone now, or March. It would have been much easier. Or when the weather is better, because it's not the greatest time. But we felt God say go, and we went. And as pastors, we sat there in a living room area, and we were like, um, just going around saying our thank yous. And Carl from Albania, he said, 
can't believe you're here. Like, so quickly, and all of you. You see, but that hadn't happened in a week or a month like we think. That had happened, that miracle, that manifestation of God's goodness had happened because we've been preaching going into the nations for years. We've been equipping and galvanizing and we've been training. By the time we went or we heard to go, we'd already been trained in how to reach Muslims. And then we say, well, if you haven't done this training, it's better you do it. But all the pastors had already done it. You see, so when we get prepared, then we become useful. People want to get married. And uh, our number one relationship advice to singles is become marriage material. What does that mean? Become whole. Become settled. Become healthy. Become like happy without that. Happy with God. Because two halves don't make a whole. God wants to put two holes together because otherwise that marriage is not going to be healthy. So become healthy. Become full. Become focused. Become content. You know, Hebrews 11, uh, Hebrews 13.5 is a, it's such a key verse for us. It says, be content with what you have. Be content with what you have. Now, you've got big dreams. It doesn't mean, contentness doesn't mean don't stop dreaming. Okay, so that's the, that's the challenge. Contentment means celebrate what you've got now. Celebrate where we are now. Celebrate how many people you got now. Celebrate the leadership we've got now. Celebrate the facilities, the opportunities. Celebrate the word you know now. Don't think about the million verses that you don't know. Celebrate the ten that you do. Okay? And then the verse goes on. It says, because what you have is the best you can ever have. That's what it says. Because what you have is the very presence of God. So, so what if you don't have X, Y, Z, fill in the blank? Because what you have is God. What you have is the presence of the one who said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So you might not have the car, the spouse, the business, um, the venue, the house, whatever that is, but what you have is enough. What you have is the one who loves you so much that he gave his only son that you would never need to perish, but that you can live into eternity forever. What you have is the eternal life, which doesn't start when you blow out your last, no, which started when you got born from above, born of the Spirit, born of God. And you're just going to change your tabernacle into a permanent structure. That's what the Word says. We're going to have a renewed body, but we're going to lay down this tent. But what is inside this tent is not going to change, because inside of this tent is the Spirit of God who lives and breathes and is going to live forever. Amen? And Corinthians says that now my Spirit is now one with His Spirit. Do you think God's going to die? When Jesus died, he, 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 he didn't disappear. Because the word said he went down into the dungeons and preached. His body went to sleep. But the spirit man was alive. And when the spirit man came back into the body, he got a resurrected body, a renewed body, and then he started doing miraculous things. Back to Peter. So Peter says, I'm going to lay down this life as the Lord has shown me. You know where the Lord has shown him? The Lord shows him where he says, Peter, do you love me? At the end of the book of John. And he asks him three times, Peter, do you love me? And Peter breaks down and he says, Lord, you know that I love you. And now you can go and study agape and phileo and all the different Greek words and there's deep, deep ministry and restoration happening there. And then part of Peter being reconnected, if you will, to Jesus Jesus just goes one step further and says, oh, well, either way, you're going you're to die a martyr's death. 
<laughs> Thank you, Jesus, for spoiling a beautiful moment. You're going to die a martyr's death. Now, Peter, years on, in his own letter, writes and he says, I'm about, about to happen to go through what the Lord had shown me all those years back. I get goosebumps just thinking about the faithfulness. We know we're living for Christ. We might die a martyr's death. But none of us surely are signing up for it. Okay? When we go to countries like Albania and we end up in Serbia and we, we have some people online who's going to Iraq soon, then that becomes more of a reality. And as a church, we've realized that we're going to have to probably face that if we're serious about reaching unreached. Because in unreached places, you get hurt. In unreached places, you, you, you die sometimes. So if we're really serious, then we need to make peace with that. But just think about Peter going through life, going through ministry, knowing that the Master himself, Jesus Christ, has prophesied that he's going to die a bad death. Yet he continues daily ministering and having the Lord close to him. That, 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 that boggles me, but that's faithfulness. That's selflessness. That is like, I'm not looking for a way out. I know how it ends. But I know where I'm going after it ends. I know who's in me. I know who's never leave me nor forsake me. So even though I'm going to die a horrible death, I'm going to make the most of every opportunity. Just think about that. That, that, that sort of put things into a little bit of a different context for me. And that speaks about faithfulness. Doing what we can, where we are, with what we have now. Now. What is it that we have now? Even Paul, he says, maybe I'll die, maybe I don't, maybe I'll, I'm, I'm still discussing it, basically. I'm still considering my options. That's a fearless man talking like that. He says, well, to be with the, the Lord's going to be awesome, obviously. But then he says, but for me, and I think one of the translations says, for me to live is opportunities for Christ. You see, and that was Peter's mindset as well. I know I'm going to die a horrible death, but to live is opportunities for Christ. And often we get distracted and we get distraught and we get disappointed because we don't yet see what God has promised or what we're wanting or waiting for or looking for. But there's so many examples of let's just celebrate where we are, what we have, and who we have right now. Contentment really, I believe, is a stir, is, a, is an engine room for faith, because now you're not looking to your own needs. But Philippians two says, now consider others as more important than yourself. So what happens? Your prayers change. You hear from God, not for yourself, but you you stand in worship and you say, Lord, who do you want to love on today? Obviously, from a place of overflow, from a place of knowing that you are secure in His love. But now you you, you say, Lord, who do you want to love on today? And God maybe shows you, or there's a, there's a, there's a voice, there's a knowing, there's a, a hunkering, like they say. And you know it's that person. Or God can say, it's the one with the yellow t-shirt, or it's this, or it's that. And then the next question you can ask is, God, how do you want to love on them today? How do you want to love on them today? And God's going to give you some words. And Peter, I want to just say, God loves you. And the yellow t-shirt example is you. And God just says that, he understands almost the uncertainty in your heart. And He is inviting you into more certainty. And what I see is I see a brick wall. And that is a boundary that you've put up. 
And you need to really get on your toes to look over the wall to see what's on the other side. And I feel God's saying He doesn't want you to, your next step is not to give up the boundary because you will be uncomfortable in that space. But He's asking you, inviting you to maybe change the wall into a palisade so that you can see through the wall or through the boundary and then maybe one day you'll be in a place where you can put it down completely and trust Him fully. Amen. Father, we just thank You for, for that. We don't know exactly what it means, but you minister right now to him, Father. You minister deep into his heart, and you show him how much you love him. And just what the next steps look like, Father. Not the end picture, the next step. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You see, if we come to that place where we, where we really go into... Where we, where we want the full picture it can be a burden think about Peter he knew the end I don't know if I want to I want to live rather in a place where I just, I just know the next step and we get frustrated with that we get frustrated in that next step because we want to know the end from the beginning but we don't need to because we know the one who knows the end from the beginning. When God invited Noah to build an ark, he knew why. He knew why. He knew why he did that. And I want you to, to live like that. I want just to, to hear from God and take the next step. And you know what? At the end, when we sing a song like, How Great Is Our God, the moments that come to mind is the ones I did not see coming. The moments that came to mind are the ones where I had a dream in the distant future or dreams that I laid down. I said, God, I'm not sure if this is you or if this is now. I'll lay it down. And then God says, just do this thing. Just do this thing. And before you know it, you arrive there much sooner than you ever anticipated. You see, the wisdom of this world says, have a five-year plan, have a ten-year plan, have five goals and five targets and these KPIs and do this and do that. And then that sets you up for disappointment. But if we say, make our goal this year to hear from God, to ground our relationship with Him, and we look back, we see the faithfulness of God. We see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Amen? And we know that God knows us. Isn't that, like, isn't that the best? Isn't that the best, the best, the best feeling? I mean, you two like coming together and just celebrating like, life and, and who you are and who God is. And, and, I mean, I was at your sister's wedding. And the man you are now, I'll, get, I'll go crying. Because step by step by step, Peter, you've taken the right decisions. There's so many examples of that. There's so many examples of that. And, and that's really what we have. Is, is We need to realize what and who we have. Then a spouse or a house doesn't make so much of a, of a difference anymore. Because Philemon 1.6 says that the communication of your faith will become effectual by the acknowledging of every good thing which is where? In the heavens. No, in you. In you acknowledge what you have. Not what we do is we make a prayer shopping list. We acknowledge what we need. And then we make sure God acknowledges and takes notes of what we need. And then the word says, well, I already know what you need when you pray for it. But what is prayer? Prayer is, Father, who do you want to love on today? Father, how do you want to love on them today? 
Father, what can I do to serve the body today? Father, how can I be a kingdom man or woman today? Father, how can I, how can I give of my time, of my treasure? Lord, this person in front of me is enough to take all my time. No, I had a day to minister to one person. Well, it turned out to be many more, but is that enough for you? Or are you waiting for the crowds? Are you waiting for the thousands? Are you waiting for the auditoriums and the stadiums to fill up before you show up? I want to prophesy over you that that will never come. That God gives seed to the sower. God gives increase to us as we step out in ministry. As we understand a little piece of the word better, He can show us more revelation. And you know what? The kingdom really is built on two things, and I credit Greg Moore for this. It's revelation and relationship. The kingdom of God is built on revelation and relationship because the more revelation I get about who I am in Christ, the more I'm going to have good relationships with other people because I'm going to be secure in my identity. And now other people are going to trust me with their time and their treasure and maybe their lives. And like in our case, maybe their building. Because you don't know it yet, but some of you do. This is our last Sunday that we're meeting here. We had dreams for a building. We've been in many different places, and I even spoke to the hotel recently, and they said, well, the other church left in COVID. I'm like, oh, I thought they were just on holiday. But we, when, as soon as we could meet, we met. So we've been faithful with what we had. When we had 50 people in a service, we had three services. Because we've been having that, that heart for being faithful with what is in your hand. And this Sunday we will be in the exchange, which was previously what we called our alternative venue. But we're going to move in there now. And the next chapter, the next phase for us as a church is going to be there. And it is again, I was walking around there with, with Sean and just meeting some of the people there and praying about this. And, 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 and the timing of it is just so profound because for the next two weeks we can't have this venue. And then in, I think, June and July, they're going to do renovations. The whole upstairs, so we can't have this venue. So then you go into, okay, God, what now? But God has gone ahead of us. God makes a way. God makes a plan. God shows us how things work out. If we are content with what we have, the beauty of it is then more come. But we're not content with what we have so that more could come. It's not a, I'm not giving you the secret recipe to more. I'm saying make peace with what you have right now. And when you're at peace, then maybe you're at peace. And when you're at peace, then you can hear from God. I was, I was dreaming about being a preacher. I was really gunning for it. Until I said, okay, I'm going to put that dream down. And I'm going to put it in the future. And I'm going to submit to the process and to Shane and to ministry school. And I'll do internship and whatever is needed. I'm not going to follow that dream. Because I'm not sure it's a God dream. Sounds like a good thing, isn't it? But I'm not sure it's a God thing. I put that down and with a few months I was preaching. So we need to just be willing to lay down our treasure at the feet of the, of the king. And as a family, as a body... We might need you in a different position right now. And last week we also spoke about calling. And we all have the same calling. And it's the calling to be part of the called out ones. It's the calling to gather, to be together, to minister together, and then to share and to serve the body which we are a part of. Amen? The Word says that even if we love, a husband loves his wife, 
he's loving on himself. So in our picture, if we love on the church, then we're loving ourselves because we're part of the church. So I want you to, 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 to almost pray about, Lord, how can I be more part of the church? And I'm not saying just how can you give more or whatever. Maybe join a life group. Maybe sign up for ministry school. Maybe give more financially. Amen? You all know about inflation. So have you increased your giving accordingly or more? Or what is God saying? Because the Word says God loves a cheerful giver. The Word also says don't give what you don't have. So we're not asking you to take out your credit card to get you out of debt. No. If you take out your credit card, you're going to get into more debt. Amen? That's just the logic. But I want you to, to really see, Lord, how, how, how am I part of this? Where am I going with this body, with this church? And, and how can I facilitate that more? How can I be more a part of? You know what 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, For the kingdom of God is not in word, but in power. And we are strong in the word. Amen? But I want to prophesy according to what Marcus Wick prophesied here at the end of last year. We want to get stronger in the power of God. Amen? Based on the Word, because the power is there to confirm the Word. So we will always go for the Word. Amen? But there's more that we can see. There's more that we can expect for. There's more of the tangible power of God that we can expect. The dunamis power of God to get things done. Amen? The strong, powerful getting things done. That is what it's all about. Now, Mark 16, 20, and says, They went forth and preached everywhere. Now, that's something I challenge myself with. Am I preaching everywhere? Or am I preaching only on a Sunday? You see, I'm, I'm with you. I'm like actually standing here and talking with you because we're all in this together. Yesterday, I had the opportunity to share the gospel with someone that I work with on a Saturday. I had to take the opportunity. My wife had to look after kids by herself. There was a sacrifice to family time. But they had the opportunity, and I knew this meeting is going to present the opportunity, so I went for it. Making the most of every opportunity. That's a godly thing. And that's really something that we need to grow into, because we need to hear about God, from God what is the opportunity. And then like Noah did, you need the boldness to step into that opportunity. And how do we do this? We do it together. We move forward together. We don't always know where we're going, but we know who's taking us there. Amen? And isn't that the adventure? Isn't that faith? Because 1 Corinthians 2 says, Now we've received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Do you know the things of God that's freely given to you? Do you know? Can you list them? Because that's the way you'll start. You need to know I'm forgiven freely. I'm redeemed. I'm righteous. I'm justified. That's the basics almost that you need to get. You need to know that salvation is born of God. It's not a process. You need to know that the Spirit of God dwells. He doesn't come. He stays on you. You need to know what you have. You need to know the things that have been freely given to us, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual that's why what we do and how we do life and how we make decisions looks different. Because it's spiritual. And the Word says the natural man cannot understand that. Now, I'm not saying do things just to be different. Amen? I'm saying do what God says. Follow His leading. Follow His person. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receives not the, spirit, the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. 
Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. So if you compare yourself to your natural neighbor, you're going to be disappointed. But maybe because maybe his engine is a little louder in the morning when he goes to work. Or maybe his house is a little bigger. Or maybe what you smell from the braai is not what you smell on your braai. I mean, because they've got a bit more money to go to the boer and butcher or whatever. Like, that is natural man thinking. Or when people Monday morning share what they did over the weekends. You can be dis- disheartened. You can be disappointed. But you are at church. You are being built up. You're being stirred up. You're being taught to hear from God. You have the Spirit, the presence of God who's never going to leave you or forsake you. Walk like it. Talk like it. Live like it. Church. Children of God. People of God. People of faith. Spiritually alive forevermore. This is who we are. And this is how we live. And this is how we make decisions. And we guess what? We do this together. When they don't understand, it's actually a confirmation that we are different. Now, we're not an exclusive club. Amen? Neither are we controlling cult. Come to connect and belong and we'll share who we are. But what we are is family. What we are is inviting people to come live the abundant life with us. To join in because when you come, we are richer for it. Amen? When you say yes, when you show up, there's another testimony, there's another revelation, there's another relationship which builds kingdom. Amen? So I want you to be part of what we do next. And that's why I just shared a little bit about how we make decisions so that you can have faith and confidence in this decision that we're moving into a next season, a next chapter. And again, we're not, the building is not ministry. Get me very clear. A building is not ministry. But ministry happens in and from the building. And the words I got from God was a battle bunker. What is a battle bunker? That's where you huddle. That's where you get equipped, where you get instructions, where you get the command, and then you go out and you go battle. And then when when it goes rough, you come back into the bunker because it's a place of safety. And I want you to to see it as such that our next chapter is going to be in a different bunker. But we are still on the same mission. We are still busy with the same fight because we are church. So we cannot be about anything else than what God said. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Now there's a lot that needs to happen in the next week because there's an empty building waiting for us. And I didn't ask Pratia, but I'm sure they're not going to have us take these chairs with us. So the last few times that we were there, we were renting chairs. And I don't like to waste money. I would like to, to, to settle in. So I need, we need, I don't need anything. We need to buy some furniture. We need to to step into this together. We need to say, okay, how can I help? How can we do this? And again, it's just, it's not our focus. And to prove that is everything, every cent that comes in, we're going to give a percentage of that to missions. So we're going to invite you to give with us and we can reference at Stellenbosch venue and we're going to give 10% to missions, 5% local, 5% international. Just to help us guide our hearts that the building is not the mission. But we're on mission. But we just need to get some chairs in our battle bunker, amen? Otherwise, I'll send out an SMS and you can all bring your camping chair next week. Which is also fine by me. But I'm not sure that the new guests will like that so much. Because they won't know that they need to bring one. So I want you to step into this with us. And I want you to say, hey, I can give 10 rand. Or I can give something. I can, I can, I've got an old coffee machine. Or I've got two tables. Whatever it is, we'll, we'll grow into this. 
And it's not permanent, it's not forever, but it's setting us up for we don't know what. What is it setting us up for? It's setting us up for what God wants to do next. And like Noah heard build the ark, we heard move on. And we're going to move on faithfully. And we are still in Techno Park, so we're just reshuffling. And the picture is becoming more clear. And people will still be able to find us because we can put directional signs up and we can guide them. And we can all do this together. And we can all celebrate God's goodness together. Because when I walked out of there and I sent my wife a, a, a voice note, I had to stop the voice note. Because you don't want to hear your, your, you don't want your wife to hear you cry more than once in a week. Amen? <laughs> because it's the faithfulness of God. Because we sit here and, Lord, what are we going to do in terms of a venue? And God says, don't worry about the venue. Because I've gone ahead of you. I am providing whatever you need. You just keep your eyes on kingdom. You keep your eyes on the mission. You keep your eyes on building family. You keep your eyes on having people connect and belong into family so that they can experience life, capital L, abundantly. For seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Amen? We believe that this move is even going to set us up in a more healthy space financially. Amen? And we're going to try and put some money away for whatever God wants to do next. Because we know with God... It's never permanent. And I was like, Lord, this is a faith step. And in prayer on Tuesday, you're all invited to it, there was a word given, and the word was, Look not on the things which are seen, for they are temporal, but look to the things which are unseen, the spiritual, for they are eternal. So even if we were to buy a building, it's still temporary. Because it's seen. But the kingdom is unseen. And what we do is we just need a place, a battle bunker to move forward, to get stirred up, to pray for each other, to hear from God, to move out together. Amen, church? Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much this morning for your goodness. We thank you for the opportunities that you're putting in our hands. We thank you for, Father, even those who are not here this morning, that, that there's an opportunity to have and enjoy life. Father, thank you for everything that we've advertised. And we know, Lord, that it's not just to keep us busy, but it's to keep us fruitful. Fruit that remains gives the Father glory. So, Father, right now, thank you that you help us. And, and I want you all to just stand up quickly. And really, in preparation, this last verse really spoke to me. And it, it speaks about the spiritual discernment. So I'm going to read 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18 first. It says, While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are unseen or not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. So where you are right now in your walk with God, I'm sure there's seen things and there's unseen things. And some of the seen things are opportunities that's maybe not good opportunities, even though they look so, like the apple that Eve went to or the tree. But then there's unseen things which God has prepared for you. And maybe, just maybe, in a different way. Amen? I've got many testimonies like that. Where I have a, a, um, a longing, I have a desire for something, and I have, it's so clear how, how that must be. But then God provides it in a different way. 
And it's usually exceedingly abundantly above what you can ask, think, or imagine. I asked for a friend, I got a wife. That's one example. What is it that God is giving you? What is it that God has in store for you? And I want you to just close your eyes, and you've got the Spirit if you're born again, and spiritually discern this. Lord, thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you make things clear, that you lead us into all truth, that you show us the way. And I believe, yes, people, that you're so fixated on the doors that are closed in front of you that you are not seeing the doors that, is, that, that, that you're not seeing. Like God wants to show you new doors. The Word says in James that if whatever situation you're in, the temptation is too much, God is going to make a way out. There always, there's a promise that there will always be a way out. Again, there's many opportunities where I can share that. Like, you're trusting for money because you need food and God provides tomatoes. That's happened in my life. And we made so much tomato soup that we had more than enough to give to our neighbors. There's a different way, there's a different door maybe that you're not seeing because you're fixated. And then I want to ask you, is this a kingdom thing? Is this a kingdom thing or is it a you thing? Is it a selfish thing? And if it's a selfish thing, there's no condemnation, but there's repentance, there's a change of mind, there's an opportunity to lay it down and say, Lord, you know better. Even for someone here, it's maybe ministry. You're looking for ministry opportunity and God says, just lay it down. Just prepare your heart, prepare yourself. Let me work with you. Watch how I do it. And then there's many opportunities that we've presented again this morning. Ministry school, connect and belong, the transformation gospel conference, dream team being part of this, this move that we're going to have to do in a week's time. I mean, that, 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 that doesn't make sense. Move in a week. Why, why God? <laughs> why? Give us time to raise funds and rally people. And If you speak to pastors, they say you need to preach six weeks before you make a move like that. Minimum. Preach on six weeks for making a change. I'm like, We've never had the luxury to do that. But we heard from God. And we have an open door. And we're going to step into it. If you're a leader, just sort of stick out your hand to people somewhere next to you. If, you, if you, this prayer is for you, if you need to spiritually discern, just open your hands in front of you so that we don't need details, but we need to know who we're praying for. I see those, those hands. Father, you are such a good father. You know the thoughts and the desires of our hearts. I see a picture so clearly of just dry land and I see the first drop falling. And I see a tiny green sprout coming up. And what I feel with that is God is not bringing the rain. The rain is already falling. The word says the rain falls on the just and the unjust. But you position yourself under the rain or outside of it. see, God gives grace to the humble. If we have a captain, we need to submit to him. Father, we just thank you for that. I just feel there's people here, you actually want to open your hands, but you're holding back. <laughs>
And it's not for me. I mean, I can't even see through the room. But it's not God holding back. It's you. It's not God holding back. It's you. That's why you can't give your heart to God. You need to give over. God doesn't want your hand or your heart. He wants you. He wants your life. Lay down your life. And He's going to give you so much more, so much better. Father, I pray for the businesses and career decisions and opportunities right now. And Father, we thank You that we have wisdom. We have the mind of Christ, Father. But we don't need to operate as the world does. Help us to spiritually discern what to say yes to, what to say no to. Which projects to take up and which to say no to, Father. Which moves to make and which don't. I just feel like this is weird, but it's practical. Someone here, you need to make a decision around a car, a motor vehicle. I don't know if you want to buy one, sell one, trade it in. But I feel like God's saying, trust me in the process. You might think it's nothing of eternal value, but you are of eternal value. So trust God in the process. Involve Him in the process. Hear from Him. Speak to Him. And if that is you, I look forward to, to hearing your testimony in a few weeks' time. And then just in our next chapter as a, as a church... Just speak to God right now and say, God, how can I be a part of this? I don't want to just be a visitor maybe. I want to be a partner. I want to partake. I want to, I want to be part of this. Not just the building or the move, but this, the ecclesia. Like I said, we need probably about 40,000 to 50,000 rand in the next week. And I was like, Lord, that's a lot. And just in prayer, just carefully speaking to God, He said, well, you can sell the trailer. I was like, oh yeah, we're not going to need the trailer. So you see, that's how God speaks and how He provides. If you're open-handed about things, you don't hold on to it so tightly because you might need it in future. If you need it in future, there will be one. So that's a... That's a big contribution already, but wherever you are and how you can partake, like let it be between you and God. Nadia, you can maybe just put the, the giving slide up because I want to end with that. We don't give out of compulsion. And we should never give grudgingly. It says let giving flow from your heart, not from a sense of duty, religious duty. Let it spring up freely from the joy of giving because God loves hilarious generosity. And you know the thing about generosity is that might be a different percentage or amount for all of us. But you know in your heart whether it's generous. Why do we give? We give, it's our new nature to be generous. We give because we love God and we're thankful. We give because we're part of a family and we have a responsibility towards the family. You have a responsibility towards the gospel. Amen? We're sending the gospel out. We're putting fuel in the tank. We give because it's part of our calling. And it's laying up for myself treasures in heaven. And the awesome thing is those treasures have names. It's people. Amen? It's people. We reach people.
It takes money to reach people, but we're reaching people. We're loving on people, and let's love on them together. The first church had meals together. They met up daily. They met up weekly. And the word says they had all things in common. I'm not asking you for all your things. I'm just saying, hey, church, we're a family. Let's be generous in this new adventure. Amen. You can find more of our free teachings on our website, www.gracelife.ca. And if you're ever in the Stellenbosch area, we invite you to join us for one of our gatherings. Our aim is to help you discover Jesus, find family, and experience life. To contact us, or to find out where and when we meet, visit our website, www.gracelife.ca.